Hello everyone and welcome to the Another Startup Story podcast with Carmen. The aim of this podcast is to educate and inspire you through your entrepreneurial journey as a new or well-seasoned entrepreneur and I'm super excited you've joined us today in this conversation where I'll be talking to inspiring individuals that share their insights and tips to improve aspects in your business and your personal life. I'm very grateful to be here in the Korean Social Space podcast studio with the creator of the brand himself, Fede. Um, to tell you a bit more about Crane, what really sets uh, Crane apart from other social clubs is not, it's not just the interior, it has a very kind of rustic, chic cafe, it's also got the boho style, lofty penthouse vibes, um, with plenty of books here, but it's a very special space because it's rich and they... They have this kind of curated content focused on self-discovery and exploration. Um, and they really are about the mm-hmm. philosophy of keeping your mind and body active through all different phases of, of our lives, which is something that I've been really conscious about in my journey. And so throughout the year, Crane hosts an active calendar of different content focused on social impact, um, holistic wellness and sustainability. Um, and the spaces are are present for private parties, seminars, events, different concepts, um, and so much more. And so in this kind of spirit of lifelong learning, uh, the community members are encouraged to really share their life experiences and professional expertise. And so I'm really excited to explore the worlds of community building, um, even holistic well-being and lifelong learning, and his own entrepreneurial journey. So, please welcome to the podcast, Fede. How are you you doing today? Thank you for having me here. (laughs) Thank you for having me here. (laughs) So, you know, before we dive into Crane and how you created this ecosystem, you know, how, so we're here in Singapore right now. How long have you been living in Singapore for? Eight and a half, nine years. Wow. And where were you before that? New York. You were, and before that? London. And before that? Um, Cardiff. Wow, so where, tell, tell our audience where you're originally from and, you know, what kind of brought you to move around and your experience living in different cities. Sure, um, I'm Italian, you can tell that I'm the accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I left more or less 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, first because I went to Madrid for a student exchange program, um, which kept me there for one and a half year, two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, I moved to Wales, uh, Cardiff, uh, to basically do research for my final dissertation, my thesis, um, right. and then I guess where did I end up to? Oh, London. Uh, I wish I was working in financial services. Um, okay. So I first worked for a company called Brunswick, and then another one called Bloomberg, uh, which is a financial service company. Um, I was transferred from the London office to my New York office back in two thousand and five, and then. Um, I moved to New York, right. so I was basically in New York for the, I think for seven, eight, even more years. Yeah. Um, so I think a couple of years after being in New York, I started my own company, which was a um, e-commerce platform for short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the simplest way to describe it would be the outer ego of what Airbnb is today. Right, right. It was called Imorama. It was started back then in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the financial crisis. Yeah, wow. Um, and then in 2012, I moved to Singapore with my you know, partner uh-huh. uh, in, in life and business. Um, and then I've been in Singapore ever since. Uh, in 2016, I started another company, which is called Powerhouse. Okay. It's a, um, 
okay, best way to describe it is a boutique um, digital transformation service. Right, right. What we do is advise companies um, on strategy, identifying opportunities to make them more efficient, and we also implement technologies to, uh, you know, close the loop and uh, and uh, you know uh, make sure that they can uh, um, get to the next level. Right. Um, and then, yeah, two years ago, I started working on Squad Ukraine. Um, so here I am. <laughs> here you are in a podcast studio yeah. <laughs> having this conversation with me. Right. So, wait, can I just uh, go back, back yes. a few years? Yes. So, when you started this, you know, um, rental pla- e commerce platform, yeah. I'm assuming this was before the financial crisis. Um, it was actually d- during the financial crisis, but it's something that I actually had conceived as a as a as a business idea, mm-hmm. um, a few months, if not a couple of years before. Right, I see. Yeah. And you you thought it would be a good market to you know a good time to launch during that time. How how did that feel? Well, I had started working on the project prior to the financial crisis. It just happened to mm. be uh, yeah. It just happened to coincide with the same year when I opened when I launched my, right. my, my beta uh, yeah. concept, and it ended it ended up being a great thing for me because those were the year. Actually, that was the year in which uh, the concept of renting out your home to stranger mm-hmm. wasn't as widely accepted. comfortable and accepted yeah. to people as it is nowadays. But doesn't mean that people were not doing that before. You would go to platforms like, I don't know, the equivalent of a Craigslist, mm-hmm. uh, so online classified, mm-hmm. and trying to transact with the other party, whether as a guest or as a host. Yeah. So that was sort of like the opportunity that identified what if there's a way to uh, make this process this matchmaking process more efficient in mm-hmm. terms of payment, in terms of like security, you know, background check, etc., etc. So, again, the fact that it was the year of uh, the financial crisis made it easier for me because my value proposal was my value proposition was, hey, you're losing your job. Um, I have a solution for you to generate more yields while you are unemployed. So why don't you rent out your property? Mm-hmm. And vice versa for people who were interested in going to places like London or New York, um, the hotel is no longer the only. Uh, solution for you. Yeah. Uh, you can go with more people. You can have a more authentic experience. I mean, I guess if you want to have a better way, a better described uh, way to, to 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 do what I, what Romano was about, just go to Airbnb mm-hmm. and you get. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but that was pretty much it. Yes. But what year did Airbnb launch then? We launched, I think, six months apart. Oh wow, that's crazy. We found about them. I think it was on. Uh, it was an article by the Google Mail, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was six months on the road. I think they started a couple of months before us. Right, I But see. we actually found out about each other just During the same after. time, yeah. 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 Seems like prehistory now. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I actually, I've heard um, the founder story uh, on Airbnb, and it mm-hmm. sounded like they literally started it in the corner of, you know, yeah. one of their bedrooms. It's crazy. Um, so then you decided that you didn't want to stay. You didn't want to kind of push that business through. Well, no, the, the, the business actually, I mean, um, grew from an idea to quite a few locations. I mean, at some point where running, like we're managing mm-hmm. indirectly almost 300,000 properties. Oh, wow. Um, 300,000. All the way to 2015, 2016. Right. The market change, the pressure from competition became very, very uh, strong. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even referring to Airbnb, I'm referring to the likes of Expedia, Booking.com, okay, et, yeah. et cetera, When these guys decided to 
join the arena, it became very difficult for us to uh, sustain the business and you know see the same return, uh, return that we saw before, both in terms of uh, uh, you know being competitive on, from a supply perspective as well as on the marketing cost. So mm -hmm. we realized months after months that we were just not seeing the same number and this was going to go anywhere. So we yeah. just uh, saw some of the assets and moved on. Okay. Yeah, interesting. And so then after that, what was your next step? Well, um, I have to admit that the, the next step for me was taking a couple of months mm. and sort of like um, trying to see what I what I could or not do. I realized that I wasn't cut for the corporate life, especially after so many years having worked on my own. Um, but at the same time, it's difficult to find motivation when you go through a, such phase of distress. I, the outcome, the final outcome of pay, of, of Umurama wasn't the one that I, that I wished for. And you know, when you work in the technology space, you, it, it's a very binary world. There's mm. no, oh, I run a good business, it's profitable, maybe I can sell it. No, if it's if it's pure tech, mm. uh, you know, it's it's a, what do you call it, like a make it or break it kind yeah. of business. Um, so yeah, the outcome wasn't the one that I had hoped for. And it took me quite a few months uh, to get to the stage where I mm -hmm. uh, could sort of like gain enough confidence to stand up and wanting or and and finding the energy and starting yeah. again. But they say once you start a business, it's like a bug and you, you, you <laughs> it hits you. Yeah. Um, and so that's how the that's how the whole project of Crane came about. Mm -hmm. um, I realized, yes, I'm running this uh, boutique service that I, that I described before, but you know, I want to build something that has the potential to to scale. Mm -hmm. I want to run something that has the potential to affect and to impact. Uh, people um, and uh, consumer behaviors in a way. Yeah. And so I think if there's one analogy between what I did before at Rumorama and what I'm doing now, is that uh, in a way, I'm both for both exercises. I'm tapping into the sharing economy. Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about community building. Yeah. And how I can uh, use existing resources to add value to our society. Mm -hmm. um, the first exercise was about your estate. If there's you know, an empty apartment or an empty house, how yeah. can you make use of that? Uh, Crane is more about um, people, life, people, um, life experiences and skills. Um, there's a huge wealth of uh, knowledge, mm -hmm. skill, passions uh, that should be transferred uh, among different people. Productivity of the yeah. world as well. Especially <laughs> from the older generation, mm. which is very much looked down by the younger one. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start to this. So there's on mm. one hand is is this idea came out, I guess, from, from from the experience that I accumulated over the previous years, but also from personal frustration. Mm -hmm. uh, seeing that you know there are so many people out there who are maybe passing their mid-age or maybe a little bit older, and they have a lot of passion for what they do, they really want to stay engaged, professionally, socially, but there's really no way, there's not many opportunities for them to, to exchange their life experiences, to share life experiences right. with other people. There are some platforms out there which are purely online. I'm thinking about the likes of, I don't know, uh, uh, what is called, um, skill, um, Skillshare, for instance, putting one yeah. link. But it had to be more, it has to be more than just an online platform. It has to be a especially if I'm talking about a more, I guess, mature generation, mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to have a physical arena where people can gather, mm -hmm. establish yeah. meaningful connections, totally. 
And you know, sometimes this process of sharing or learning happens by osmosis. I make a friend, that person does yoga, let's give it a try. That's why the physical component is important. Mm -hmm. That's why totally. I started Crane as a physical component, but maybe we have a chance to talk about it later, but it's just more, it's much more than a, than a, I guess, a social club or a physical space itself. Yeah, exactly. It's the people, right. you know, it's not the building, it's the people. And I think that's why it's been so hard for a lot of people during COVID. And even though you're not really in, in lockdown, you know, going in and out of lockdown, but there are so many restrictions on actually gathering in a, a big group. And that is what community is. And I think we are social creatures. We hear it all the time. We need to be around people. We're, we're fueled by other people, you know, we can't just be in our own little homes and be isolated. So I totally get that. And I, I think I love the way that you spoke about contributing back to society so essentially you you have the urge to want to serve in a way and to contribute back to the ecosystem mm -hmm. that's what you're saying so just for the benefit of our listeners if you describe crane in one sentence and how the concept essentially uh, birthed i will try <laughs> <laughs> uh crane is at least the the, the idea moving forward is to create an ecosystem for life and learning Mm. An ecosystem that has both physical components or components mm -hmm. and uh, and digital ones. So um, the idea is to create tools through which uh, people at any age can uh, elevate and validate their life experiences mm -hmm. and skills. Um, one of these dimensions is spaces and dimensions. So we have one now where you are at. It's, it's one of the physical spaces, and the first hopefully more. Uh, it's a place that is a to describe it um, simply, we we'll say it's a mashup of a different concept that you may have seen out there. So there's a little bit of a social club element, co-working element, maker studio. Uh, we have F&B, we have retail, um, we have dedicated rooms for uh, specific um, activities such as podcasting, where we are now, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But it's also tools, like I said before, that are made available for people to develop themselves and improve themselves over the course of years. So, for instance, we encourage people uh, of our community, members of our community, to stay engaged by, um, you know, uh, writing editorial content, by being part of a podcast show uh, as a guest or as a host. If you want to run your own podcast, you basically teach you from the get-go how to, from, from scratch, actually, how to, how to do it. And it's not just by providing the physical space, we have a team that supports you in the creation of maybe how you do the, you know, the, the storytelling, how yes, you the edit the concept. By the way, all this stuff I, I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> but I know we can That's do why it. why you're have, an entrepreneur. And I have amazing colleagues. <laughs> you <who> outsource. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Um, even uh, little things like retail. I need to mention retail. Retail is not just a shop. Mm. Retail is another dimension to which people can validate their... Uh, life experiences, their concept, their, 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 their business ideas. Um, a lot of the products that you see in our shop are actually provided by the members the of members. the community. Yeah, I was just going to ask. Whether oh. you are a home cook or whether you are a writer or whether you are good at you know, making like ceramics or whatever mm -hmm. sort. Um, so again, it's really creating these different dimensions which are uh, at the moment very much offline, so in the physical space. But moving forward, we are... Uh, in the process of creating a digital platform that supports all of that as an overlay and will make this process of interaction and engagement with different dimensions more seamless. Mm. So another way to describe what we do is to look at <laughs> Crane 
think of us maybe as a, how can I put it? Um, think of us sort of like an offline Netflix for grown-ups. offline Netflix, interesting. Yeah. Why do Why? you say that? Well, because we are putting together, we are basically um, creating the structure to um, present um, life experiences and skills the best way in one format, actually many formats, because mm -hmm. it could be uh, happenings, it could be a, a piece of editorial, it could be a product on sitting in a retail shop, etc., etc. But it's a Netflix to the, to the extent that you can explore or discover these experiences and these dimensions online, mm -hmm. but you actually consume them in the analog world, in, in the real world. Mm. And this is one of the reasons why I started this, because I saw my father and my parents being in front of the TV all the time. Uh, how do I get them? How do I do? I, do, I, do I drag them away? Yeah, from get the back sofa? into the present moment. Yeah. So yes, you still want to leverage the digital part because everybody's online now, yeah. regardless of the age. Absolutely. But how can you make this experience take place in the physical world? And like you said before, um, in COVID time, this is more of a challenge for us because yeah. we have limitations, uh, you know, capacity restrictions. The fact that a lot of the content has to be done online. Mm -hmm. um, will it be forever? I, I, no. Um, I think people are just uh, screaming to go back to the, to the analog world, which I was referring to before. And to engage with each other, to see each other face to face, to have this meaningful relationship that is imp are impossible totally. to do online. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. There's yeah. nothing that can replace yeah. that. I went to a, I mean, here in Singapore, we're not in lockdown. Um, and I went to like a media tasting the other day and just met a lot of new people. But it was like the first kind of event that I've <coughs> been to since yep. this pandemic. And it was just so nice to meet new people. And I was like intellectually stimulated. And you forget how, you know, important that is. And so I think what really has drawn me to Korea, and I've been to, I've seen a lot of the, you know, co-working and the private members club in Singapore and across London as well. And I think, you know, you have this space really dedicated, you really created in this space for personal development and kind of leadership. Um, and I think this is really important in this new age. And when we think of personal development, it's not just about you know, waking up at 5 a.m. and journaling all the time, but also trying to pursue your passions and trying to you know, really delve deep into your curiosity, right? So in this day and age, we have many digital creators and content creators, you know, these influencers, bloggers, freelancers, these new kind of jobs, jobs that didn't exist yeah. you know maybe when you were growing up and so people are constantly trying to carve their own path and make their own mark on the world but often without a platform to showcase their talents um aside from instagram which is why it's grown i guess people really see instagram as it being part of their identity yeah. to some extent um and so how do you think crane can kind of encourage people to really share their life experience within their professional expertise and how do you think you know this will translate physically as opposed to just being online? Right. Well, like I said before, um, number one, you need to create the tools for that exchange or sharing experience to take place meaningfully. And that's why you need not just the physical space, but you need a team to support that, mm -hmm. for those experiences. Uh, you need to bring on people who are who have the passion, uh, people who are capable to uh, elevate those life experiences and skills for the whole team. Um, it's not just um, the agenda of my team, it's um, part of what, it, it's what defines Crane as a community as well. When people ask me how many people work with you, I don't say, oh, I have X people in talking about my team. I think about the entire community of, of, of Crane because mm -hmm. we have people who come here and lend their 
their knowledge mm. uh, and make it available for other like-minded uh, individuals within the community. So I think uh, providing that, uh, that frame is very important. Um, it's not just the tools, but also um, the accessibility to those. Um, I think one of the main elements of Crane is the, this, this idea of inclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to be invited to be a member of Crane. You don't have to pay a joining fee. Uh, there is no real locking period. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think it's quite affordable. Uh, you don't even have to be a member if you don't want to. Uh, most of the content provider, most of the people who sell video to us, um, a lot of the people who engage with us aren't members of the physical space at all, mm -hmm. and that's not important for us. Um, there's many ways to interact with this ecosystem. Mm -hmm. yeah. So accessibility is definitely one. Uh, it's also trying to be consistent in terms of, um, when it comes to the content creation, regardless of the format, it's trying to be consistent with the principles that define us. So the content, we have three principles of creating. Yeah. Number one is it has to be purposeful. Number two, it has to be participative. And number three, it has to be, where possible, repeatable. Repeatable doesn't mean that you <laughs> that you keep on creating or, or running the same content. Right, but right. There, has to, there has to be some sense of uh, sequentiality or continuation. Right, I see. Uh, so that it's not just a one episode, but it's, it's a journey, mm -hmm. which is, again, what, yeah. in a way, defines the creator. Yeah, interesting. And so how do you find... I guess going into it, you obviously, you know, going back to the beginning stages when you're conceptualizing this idea, and it is so multifaceted, you've got so many different kind of revenue streams and, you know, wait, wait in ways that people can get involved in the ecosystem. Yeah. How do you kind of feel like, you? do you feel like you need to kind of control the community in some way or it's very inclusive, but, you know, how do you, how do you set boundaries for creating the right community that you had in mind for it, you know? The, the vision that you had for it? Mm, they go the opposite way, actually. There's no boundary. Mm. Um, I can say that pretty much anything goes with Crane. <laughs> 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 you can look at the content that we have created over the past year where we touch. Do you have uh, some examples of the content that you've created? Um, well, we do you know, all sorts of content. In, in, in many cases, we not just create one piece of content, we put together different creators. For example, we do I don't know, yoga and wine. For example, we do... You know, Lindy Hop, the oh, yeah. genre, they do Lindy Hops. <laughs> I've not seen uh, that. We've had uh, theme dinners where an undertaker would be talking about death. Uh, we had uh, sexologists running a couple massage groups. Uh, we've had many, um, you know, meditations, med meditation sessions, mm -hmm. all sort of F&B related activities, whether it's a, a gym masterclass or resort to class, yeah. which I run. Um, <laughs> I need to come to that. <laughs> you should. Um, so again, it's not so much about setting the boundaries. It's actually going the opposite direction mm, and trying... Breaking the boundaries. Yes, very much so. Uh, people nowadays are looking for experiences. Whether yeah, they are... Exactly. Uh, it depends on which side of the fence they are. Um, you know, some people find excitement in joining these activities. Uh, a lot of people actually are really looking forward to running those activities and most often they don't think they possess the knowledge or the mm -hmm. expertise to be able to be good enough. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of like where we help. We push them a little bit. We provide a structure for them. We do the marketing for them in many, um, many occasions. Mm -hmm. uh, we do the ticketing. 
Um, we set up a room if you want to do a cooking class you come here basically all you have to do is just show up the day off mm. pretty much yeah and that. everything is set like up like plug in and play basically very much plug and play of course yeah. that does not apply to all sort of content there are certain limitations that we have mm -hmm. but it's, made, it, it's mostly because of the space um, and that's why um, you know we, we, we're looking at more space to, to grow and mm. expand into yeah it's exciting and when did you officially launch July of 2019 Okay, yeah, so last year and you've probably grown so much, it's crazy. I think like, you know, not to... We survived. <laughs> yeah, that brings me on to we my survived. next point, you know, talking about the pandemic. So how, how was it, yeah, how would, just, to, I know you're probably fed up of talking about this, but I'm intrigued no, to okay. know, you know, a physical space and with everyone moving online, how did you transition um, during... I think it was like about March, April when it really hit hard for us here in Singapore. Right. Um, when we started this, um, of course we didn't, I mean, we started it like uh, nine months prior to, to, mm. to COVID. Mm. We had no idea that something like um, COVID would ever come. Uh, but I would say that most of the principle that for which we created the, the, the company mm -hmm. are probably even more valid after COVID than before. Yeah. This idea of um, wanting to develop yourself, of being more self-aware, of being more mobile mm. in the way you uh, you work as well. Uh, these were things that we were promoting way before COVID when we started this. Yeah. Uh, it just happened that you know COVID uh, facilitated this uh, uh, change uh, towards this kind of mindset. So there were good things and bad things. Mm. Of course, when we uh, heard the news that we had to shut down for the circuit breaker, we thought we may have to pull the plug because we don't know how long this uh, you know, pause was going yeah. to last for. And then eventually, um, I'm going to be very honest, because we are in Singapore, we get a lot of support from the government. Um, we, 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 we were lucky enough to be able to restart two and a half months after. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it's been difficult, but running a business is difficult no matter what. You have to be very adaptable. Um, you have to be responsive to the uh, to the changes, mm. uh, you'll be able to, uh, you know, um, you have to be, it, it's okay to jump, but you have to be cautious. And right. I think that's what we've been doing. When I brought my employees back to work in June, I told them, treat this year, the rest of the year, as a survival mode for us. Right, I right. don't know what's going to happen in the next few months. Um, luckily, we're still here, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll be able to continue with the project that we started. Yeah, of course. And I think, um, like you mentioned during, I, I just love your philosophy. And even just walking through, I could see the, the types of people working. It's very much like they spend the time to invest in getting to know themselves. And I think during this period, it has been quite confronting for a lot of people because you can't go out and drink. You can't go and party. You can't go and see people and distract yourself, basically. Mm. You know, distraction used to be the alcohol in some way, whereas now you're like four to sit with your thoughts on your own. And it's been a very introspective pause I guess um, to review our kind of lifestyle choices and everything and so I think you know I I, I want to emphasize on the big blow up with the wellness industry I mean that's been blown up for a while now but even more so now we'll see this big rise of new startups you know in the next 10 years or so post you know during now to post COVID and so you know when we look at um, the shift towards personal development um, how do you think I guess what I want to, the question I want to ask is 
how do you think Crane can kind of support the wellness and sustainability community? You know, because a lot of your members are starting businesses or are coaches within that space. Um, and how do you think, yeah, the space can kind of support that community specifically? Okay. Um, again, um, wh when I think about the, the content, the activities, the programs of Crane, um, there probably are um, three main um, chapters. Mm -hmm. um, mental health, sustainability, and skillshare are indeed the, 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 the most popular and the most sought mm -hmm. within the community of Crane. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but um, um, we are uh, we, we, we try to um, go with the flow in terms of like seeing what's available out there and maybe like uh, be doing things at a more granular level. So for example, we just didn't talk about, I don't know, um, how to be, uh, what's the word for that in English? Um, gosh, sorry, I, I, I need to drink more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, resilient. Resilient. Yeah, okay. How to be resilient what is, what's in the terms word of COVID. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. Resiliente, I'm not sure. Um, but we try to you know, analyze that at a, at a deeper perspective yeah. and, and, and try to, um, and trying to run content with professionals uh, on an ongoing basis, try to explore different facets of this uh, uh, challenge that people may be going through. Um, for mental health, wellness, I think our bigger, uh, um, our, the biggest component of the content is more on the mental health, mm -hmm. and less so on the physical stuff. Again, it's a limitation of space. Right. Um, we've done a lot of classes, um, a lot of workshop, meditation. Mm -hmm. um, we've tried to do some stuff online, to be honest, but um, I don't think engagement is, is very high, to be honest with you. Like meditation classes online? Yeah, it's, it, hasn't, yeah. it hasn't worked out very because well Because your meditation us. classes here sell out super quickly. Uh, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> because I tried to sign up. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> it was like two weeks before, it, it's it's like, totally sold it's out. True, yes. um, <laughs> So, but the problem is this, the problem, it, it's a good problem to have. Um, we just don't want to stick to that. Mm -hmm. There's many ways to, um, to meditate. There's many ways to, um, I guess, find calm, yeah. which is not just by going into your room and closing your eyes. Yeah. Um, I personally have no idea how to properly meditate. I've tried in so many ways, I've read so many books, well, at least yeah. I've attempted to do that. I, I'm, I'm the same. To me, meditating really comes tough. to music. I listen to music. Um, so that's my way of meditating. So mm -hmm. maybe one way of running the meditation exercise could be by, you know, running a music appreciation uh, class. Society, yeah. Yeah, or, or, you know, another way in which I find calm is by cooking. Mm -hmm. So maybe, Yeah, me too. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so it's, it's, we can, like I said before, we, we go with the flow with some type of content or we have to be able to and be willing to mm -hmm. push the agenda and do things that are more breakthrough, uh, more, mm, uh, I guess, out of the box. Yeah. And 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 sometimes sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Well, we need to be willing to make some mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, I think everything is in transition nowadays with yeah. the COVID situation. So, I guess it's even more excusable <laughs> to make those mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing. I think you kind of have that grace, mm -hmm. I guess, to kind of just play around and really. Just tear things up, you know, without putting that pressure on yourself. The crane grace. <laughs> the crane grace. <laughs> I love that. Yes. So, what's been 
I was going to ask you what's been the most challenging thing in your journey so far, but obviously this is your what, third business that you've Yes, started, I mean the second one is still around. Yeah, it's still yeah. around, but um, your third, you know, kind of started from conceptualization. Yes. What are kind of um, the challenges that you faced this time around that you kind of, you know, didn't face in the previous two businesses? Mm. I think it's to keep the stamina and the drive up every day. Um, it doesn't matter whether you run one, two, five, ten businesses. Once you start, you have to eat a lot of shit, sorry my English. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very tough. It's very tough. Mm. Each, each time is a reset. Um, a lot of people will you know, say that you have a good idea. They will say, I'm going to support you. Uh, they don't. will say, you come and, and let me know how I can help. But it ends there. Yeah. You're on your own. Um, so I guess I treasure a lot of the mistakes that I made in the past. And um, I think I'm much more relaxed <laughs> during COVID time, uh, running a, at the moment a, a real, a real estate-based business than you know, 10 years ago when I was in my first venture. And uh, mm. uh, things, yeah, uh, were on paper a little bit easier for me. Um, so I feel much, uh, I feel much more, sorry, a little more difficult. I, I'm, I'm much more relaxed now. Right, I see. Okay. So yeah, I think it's all about like keeping the, the, the motivation, keeping the focus. Um, I'm very ADD, as you may have noticed. Uh, so um, I'm lucky mm -hmm. enough because I'm with this project. I'm, I'm privileged and able to work on different aspects of it, um, whether it's technology, content creation. I am also very lucky, I'm not saying that because you're listening to it, but I do, I, 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 <laughs> I am actually, uh, I actually have to praise my team. Um, I mean, I, I'm able to do, we're able to do what we do because we, I have an exceptional team to work with. Mm -hmm. I never praise them enough, so today is a day. Um, and, you know, uh, it's easy so to... For anyone listening, <laughs> anyone really appreciate listening you really appreciate me. It's just an excuse to get them to listen to your Validation podcast, right? <laughs> But it's true. It's true. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do if we if we haven't if we haven't the structure in place and mm. the people to, to to run each component of Crane. And Crane has so many different facets mm. and so many different dimensions to be explored deeper that um, I need to be able to rely on my team. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I guess I just I want to talk about people because I think that is like hiring the right people is always almost like the number one most difficult thing that entrepreneurs find you know because it's so tough to you know how do you do you know a couple of interviews is really not sufficient enough to mm -hmm. know if this person is going to be the right you know part of your team and so what kind of advice can you give to people who are you know in the period of hiring or potentially thinking of firing you know has that been really tough for you advice for people who are in the process of firing as well. That's a tough <laughs> one. Uh, okay, first but, oh, off, you know. tell you this. Um, again, based on my limited experience, um, hiring is always easy. It's firing that is very tough. And that's why before you hire anybody, you, was, you have to think mm -hmm. twice, three times, a billion times, because there's implication on their people. So um, um, that means that the way I approach my work philosophy when I start a business is I try to carry on as many skills, as many tasks as possible until I'm completely swamped. And then I look for people and there's, in every single aspect of the business, there's always somebody that is more capable and smarter than me. Mm -hmm. uh, then I reach out to people who have that you know, interest and ability to help me. I think it's a gradual process. Uh, in some occasions, you can hire somebody from the get-go. In some 
other opportunities, in some other occasions, you may be able to give each other a trial period of some sort uh, where you can set expectation, uh, where you kind of like assess mm -hmm. whether you are good, you are a good couple, professionally speaking, uh, and there's, there could be some sort of continuation, continuation moving mm -hmm. forward. I think it's also uh, looking at certain traits of the person that you uh, bring to your interview. Um, I mean, generally speaking, I would say common values, but how do you know well over, over the course of an interview? Uh, personality. It's I like going on a first day, and you know, what's your values? Well, yeah, you know, but I guess it's tough. personality is something that comes out quite quickly. Yeah. And after you interview and speak to so many people, I think everybody at some point. There's an some art point, to kind of yes, people, to, to, right? to an extent. Um, it's also try to, like, even if there's a short period of time in which you, like I said before, assess each other, mm. um, value, and, uh, and and ability to work with the other person. Uh, try to um, delegate, try to give responsibility to the other party. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I don't like to micromanage. Um, I like to give. Uh, you like way. to delegate. <laughs> I like yeah. to delegate, but I, I, I also still like to, to sort of like have an ongoing communication with the other party yeah. until I feel comfortable yeah. that they are uh, um, ready uh, to fly on their own. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's, that's very important. Um, yeah. So. Again, I don't know if I answered your question. No, but no, no, for sure. Yeah, these are some of the thoughts in my head. Yeah, so I guess like, you know, we, on the podcast, we usually ask, ask some more personal fireside questions just to get to know, okay. you know, the guests. <laughs> you look nervous. Don't be it. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so just to get, uh, get to know the guest a bit more. So my first question is, what is your personality type? Do you know? Um, um, okay. Um, <laughs> I guess I am um, I'm very direct. Um, I'm quite a curious person mm -hmm. uh, to the extent that I like to find solutions to problems. Whether I find the solutions or not may not be possible, but at least that's how my, my mindset works. Mm -hmm. I like to observe things. I'm, yeah, I, I like to observe. I'm very uh, I'm very curious to know about stuff, and uh, I, I observe a lot. Um, I swear a lot. <laughs> Is that part knows. of your personality? Uh, yeah, I guess it's part of me being direct and yeah. uh, me being Expressive. true to myself. Yeah. Very, very passionate, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say, have you done the personality tests? Or I've done do you know what them all, yes. <laughs> But I have, I have a bad memory, so I don't do my <laughs> Okay. What's your morning routine like? Um, I need to start the day with at least two to three coffees. Um, of course. If I don't, yes. And you have to be espresso, of course. So yeah. without those three coffees, the day has not started for me. It will be in my mind until... <laughs> and then after that? Uh, well, it depends by the day, but usually I work mm. every day. Um, you I just get, get bored straight if into I work. Don't, pretty much. Yeah. And when do you, when's your time to relax and switch off? I don't know, ask you, when is that time I <laughs> <laughs> Um I don't know, to be honest. I, um, I, I even have a limit on so many because at night I, I always think about what I should have done or what, mm. and that's not a good thing, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm agreeing, I'm like, <laughs> yes, that's not good, but I don't know, I'm agreeing, and I, I, I think it's not good. That. I'm working um, on that. Um, I mean, I would like to say that, you know, I read books, which is not true. 
Well, I just say There's that. so many books here. Just, Where do all these books come short. from? It's just for sure. <laughs> uh, I spend time with the family. I cook. Um, I try to run and do some exercise once in a while. Um, watch some movies here and there, but I get bored. I never finish anything. Yeah, I'm really bad at that as well. I don't have the patience for it. There you go. Same here. What's your favorite dish to cook? Risotto? Um, okay. People who know me will agree with that. I never cook the same dish. Ever? Ever. I open the fridge, I see what's in the fridge, and I just... You're just, you know, trial and error. Just create Make whatever's whatever. in yeah. with whatever you I have a food gig as well. It's called Fork in the Jungle. You have a what? A, a food, food gig. A food gig? Yes. What's the food gig? Well, <laughs> it's sort of like an Instagram account. I do my Oh, handbook. I need to give it a follow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's, it's basically been the, the, the defunct or dead since we reopened Crane in June because I haven't had the time to cook much. But, yeah. Uh, um, I guess my style would be to... I like to experiment a lot, so mm. with the Asian ingredients with Western food and vice versa. Mm. That's what I like to do. Asian fusion. No. Yeah, but that's not very sophisticated. <laughs> I wouldn't represent me. It's it's hearty, hearty Italian Asian messy food. Can you please just <laughs> teach my my partner's also Italian and yeah. he hates cooking. Really? He's actually quite a good cook, but he's okay. just lazy, you know. It's like I'm not inspired wow. by the ingredients here. <laughs> so is he discerning you know. with the uh, places he brings you to with food wise? He is quite discerning, yeah. That's, that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, you know, you mentioned you don't read at all, but... No, I do read a lot. I was kidding. <laughs> okay. I, I cannot finish books because I'm ADD, as I mentioned, but I do, I do read a lot of news. Mm. Uh, I consume a lot of uh, content, information, yeah. content in many ways. I just find it difficult to read. I'm very intimidated to, to, by long books. Yes. Yeah, so I agree. So works quite well for me. Yeah. What audio books have you been yeah. listening to yeah, recently? Yeah. Um, there was one that I read quite a few weeks slash months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Get Together, okay. How to Build a Community. Oh, I think I read that actually. You're just making that up? No, no, no. Okay. I actually think it's the cover orange. Wow. Is it yes. orange? And you haven't had enough, enough time to Google it, so yes. No, <laughs> no I have read it. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's a pretty interesting book. Yeah. And one of the yeah. three writers is actually Singaporean. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Actually, it helped me a lot in the formation of, of, of what Crane is today and where yeah. we went to. So I found it quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't for another startup story, we don't have a physical space, but we do a lot of, well, we did a lot of events pre-COVID mm-hmm. and workshops. And I think, you know, even you can create a community through the digital space as well. And I think that's a, a core value of ours, you know, and try right. to translate that. And I think, I feel like community is such a buzzword nowadays and everyone's using it, but you know, it'd be interesting to hear what your definition of community is. And yeah. It's a great question. Or? Yeah. <laughs> it's a spontaneous uh, question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, community is um, when, okay, community is when people um, meet proactively um, based on common interest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why proactively? Because if I was to create a space and I was the one who always created content for people, I couldn't say that I was a proper community. I always like, I always have to uh, feed the flame. Right. Okay, communities when you have people who gather based on common interests, as I said before, mm-hmm. and they and they and they um, and they keep creating the content on their own. That's very important mm-hmm. because that's what we do here. We're not really a content provider. We are just a. I'm simplifying you, you it, but we're almost like an empty box. 
Right. We are creating infrastructure for these communities, for these tribes mm -hmm. to come together and for people to sort of like, you know, meet mm -hmm. one another. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I really agree. Um, okay, so last question. What is advice you would give for the next generation? <laughs> That's very difficult. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, okay, the first one is, uh, of course, respect the older generation. <laughs> you got uh, for a, a start. strong yeah, love for the older generation. <laughs> right. Um, I Is it think because you're mother for Yes. <laughs> I had to that. Of course. Um, well, I think you can change the word. Um, sometimes you can change the word by... Um, okay, maybe you cannot change the word, but you can, really, but you can definitely be impactful by appreciating what is already available as opposed to reinventing the wheel, mm -hmm. which is in a way what I'm trying to do here. Mm -hmm. um, we're not really inventing the wheel. We just try to um, polish mm -hmm. and uh, make uh, or present in a better way uh, what a lot of these people have to offer. And I'm talking not just about the older people, but everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to share their skills, their experiences, and expertises. Um, Helping them in the creation of this of this stuff, um, so I guess this could be applicable to other mm. um, business concepts as well, but also in general in life. So yeah, respecting the older generation is definitely very important. Respect yeah. your folks. Spend more time with them. <laughs> I love yeah. that. No, I think it's really. I think the one thing that I pulled out of that is the, you know, obviously lifelong learning, but understanding that, like tomorrow is a new day. And you can make that transition. You can move into a completely different industry. You can start all over. Um, but also realizing that starting all over isn't starting from scratch. You know, people like to use the word, oh, I'm going to start from a blank slate. But actually, That's what it's I meant not. by reinventing the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've already got all these learnings. And you can use your experience to kind of, you know, experiment and, and put it into whatever new thing you're building now. Sure. Um, and I think, I was actually speaking to a friend the other day. He's... He's a club owner and a DJ. He was saying how his mum, her mum, his mum is seventy, and she just dropped a jazz album, and she's been like a, a counselor for her whole life. <laughs> she just dropped a jazz album, and Amazing. she just wrote a children's book. I'm just wow. like, that's that's pure bravery, you know, you know. And I think that mentality just needs to be kind of okay. reinforced, yeah, and fed into our society that it's okay to make a transition, and you know, there is no rush to kind of. You know, I think I was also listening to this other podcast and it was like saying how there's two people in the world. There is the jack, what's it called? Uh, the lumberjack who okay. just keep like hammering away and they're just very laser focused or whatever they do. And that's what they do. They dedicate their whole lives to that mm -hmm. one purpose. Um, and then you have the hummingbirds who are like people who have so many different passions. They're very multifaceted mm. um, and they essentially, you know, they cross pollinate between industries and between um, generations right. and these people are still adding value to the ecosystem in a way you know and it's it's quite interesting because you know sometimes you think it's always like focus on one thing you know you need to be really niche and that's how you're going to succeed but actually I, I disagree you know it's true it's true yeah it's interesting but yeah I guess that kind of um, really sums up everything that we've talked about today um, I don't know if you have any last words or if you want to add anything to this conversation. No, again, thanks for having me. <laughs> I had fun. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. No, it's interesting. It was really nice to have you. Um, thanks for having me here, I guess, My in your pleasure. space. <laughs> Our pleasure. Yeah. And so 
um, it's been really great advice for obviously those listening at home and um, as usual our details will be in the show notes um, you can find Crane at what's the Instagram we handle? Crane we are Crane dot com dot com or Crane official on Instagram okay Crane, crane. dot official dot official <laughs> great and then you can find us on at another startup story um and the interview the interview will be transcribed at another startup story.com um and again please share if you think other like-minded people would benefit from this uh podcast and please continue to join our growing community thanks thank so you. much Betty. <laughs> thanks